All right, it's Carden Roberts on the fan. Paul Verzi's here. Paul, what's going on, what's buddy? What's up, dude? Thanks for having me. I haven't seen Paul in a bit. He did one of our original comedy shows at Gotham way back in the day with uh, Seinfeld. And, well, Seinfeld was there, so no one else really mattered, I guess. <laughs> Seinfeld <laughs> opened for you? That's pretty impressive, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, though, yeah, it was weird. I remember Damn. seeing... So Jerry's a funny guy because... not I'm saying not in that sense funny. Obviously, he's funny. He's uh, the best. But, like, you know, it's weird when you sit, stand with comedians yeah. watching other comedian sets, and it was really... It, it was a strange thing because Jerry was watching other guys do their sets... And it was fascinating to me what he laughed at. Because yeah. I was like, that wasn't funny. Yeah, because comics, we'll look at like <laughs> little in-betweens. Okay. Like a couple of words in between. Like, oh, the way you said that has nothing to do with the joke. Like the art But form. They, they watch it like the way a coach watches film, mm. we, we, which we don't see. Like right. as dumb fans, but they like see the ins and outs. It's the same with stand-up. Yeah, I tell you, the late Gilbert Gottfried was doing one of those shows, and it was for uh, a charity. Yeah, for uh, for uh, folks that uh, have this ocular disease where they go blind, sadly. And every year I was, I was glad to emcee it. Yeah. And they bring in the late Gilbert Gottfried once. And mm. it was such a, it was a, such a, it was so unique. So <laughs> Gilbert gets up there and he knows why he's there. Yeah. And obviously, like you've done, all the comedians are doing it on the arm. No one's making any money. The charity right. gets every penny, right? Right. And Gilbert said, you know, he's a different level dude, right? So Gilbert gets up there and goes, you know what I hate? I hate blind people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Man. you're not sure if you're allowed to laugh or not. Yeah. And he, but you want to, one of the great things about him was he didn't care. So yeah. he, he plowed through. He's like, you're always walking around with those sticks. <laughs> and, and, and by the end of it, he's got the whole room laughing. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's what it is, too. I think it's almost like you go to the uncomfortable place to feel comfortable. He, remember, he got fired from Aflac because that's of that, right. that tsunami joke. Right, But he, right. they said he was, his family was like, he was devastated by it, so that's the way he dealt with it. You know, right. all those mass shootings that were happening, I remember seeing him going, what's going on in the world? I closed my first special with a joke like that. But I realized that's how I was dealing with it, just to put light on it. Was it was your way of emotionally <laughs> processing his bad stuff. Did, yeah. did Jerry laugh at his jokes or no? Uh, unless I'd be lying if I told you I remember which comedian was up there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Of course he did. You know you're curious, no? Yeah. To know if Seinfeld thought you were there funny? There's certain guys, especially like him, who's like, you know he's particular about things. Yeah. I'm like, you're up there, and you go, Jerry's looking at this right now. <laughs> but you it was know weird. He like, he laughed at stuff. I was like, that wasn't funny. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, Anyhow. I did a bit where somebody goes, yeah, man, that, that one thing you said where you were in the stands and you tugged your hat down. Crushed, and I'm going like that. Wow, like that's what like you, you took. You it's not even part of a. Yeah, it's like yeah. a throwing. It's just like an improv thing. So I want to know how you did it. You and our Rich Eisen. You're obviously a Giants fan. Yes, big. And I I rewatched the video today to make sure I had it right. Yep. And you just nonchalantly went uh, like uh, win loss loss win win win. And within a game, you nailed the New York Giants first eight games of the season. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out if you monetize that or not. Well, I was on in studio with Rich, and he just goes, all right, Paul, I know you're a, you know, we, we were plugging the special for Netflix, and we're done. He goes, you're a Giants fan. Let's go. What do you think? And all of a sudden, they put the music on. They put the schedule up. And I'm like, oh, dude, all right, I'm doing this. Like, yes, you know, it was scary. Right. And I just thought about how they go, the history of the team. I said that they would win nine or ten games. They won nine and a half. Right. And by the way, if I was a GM, like you said I was, yeah. T. Higgins is coming. Yeah, I, I T. Know. Higgins is coming. Make Saquon a takes a little less money. Okay. Okay. But Dan you can't force him to do that. You have to you know, get him to do that, though. <laughs> well, you know, I'm Italian. We'll figure it out. <laughs> 
I'm a terrible figure. Uh, you I'll be like, some listen, sake, sake, you want to stay in New York? We're going to talk. All right, you nailed down. the Giants, but I'm telling you, at the time, I would have looked at you and said, what a homer. Nine wins, ten wins. Yeah, but he like, talking uh, about? it was funny because Rich goes, oh, they're not going to be Green Bay and Lambeau. And he goes, yeah, because they're playing in London. <laughs> I took my family to that game. I took my wife and kids to Really? It. I performed out in London, first time ever out there. Yeah. And uh, it was great. We sold it out. We added a show. I'm having a time in my life. The Giants are going to London. And I went on the NFL Network out there. Oh, and sweet. I predicted to David Carr, I said, the Giants going to win the game. Right. And that one, I totally guessed. Like, that one, I was just like, I'm at here with my point, kids. At that point, you were being a homer. At right. that point, I was just like, I'm here. I brought my family to see the Giants play. The I have to say they're going to win. Are British people tougher to make laugh? The, well, some of the best crowds in the country. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're... Their country, not our country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they're happy, you know, they're happy that we're there because, you know, America's better. So it's oh, like... clearly. You know. Right. Where are you from originally? I was born in Yonkers. I'm a Westchester guy. Oh, all right. Yeah, there you so, go. The Dunwoody uh, section of Yonkers? Yeah, yeah, Dunwoody Pizza. We used to kick right your asses church. in uh, soccer and baseball, buddy. I'll tell you that as a new Michelle kid. Yeah, Probably. we used to love, we used to have the biggest brawls with Dunwoody. Like, really? I'll never forget, youth soccer game, pouring rain. They had a really good soccer team. We had a really good soccer team. We lose the game, one nothing in a driving rainstorm, okay? The Yonkers dads were pissed at the ref. Now, mind you, Evan, they won the game. They come after the ref. They, like, circle the ref. The ref's now getting scared, rightfully so. After a win, guys. He starts backing up. He falls down in the mud. They start beating this guy with umbrellas. Wow. And it became like a West Side Story brawl. Because then our dads ran out to protect the ref. And it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. They won the game. <laughs> you know, in our where I live in our in our district, they're having a hard time with refs because of that. Like games get canceled. Like my, my kids' are, games get yeah, canceled because wow. parents are yelling from the. Yeah, I don't blame. Why would anyone want to officiate a game if you're getting no. screamed at or threatened? It's the worst. Like you watch some yeah. parents. A, they all think they're raising the next Willie Mays. Right, yeah, yeah. and you get that a hole dad who's like really tough on his son, and you yeah. kind of got it's a weird thing. Like you want to say your buddy, relax, but it's his kid. Right. Yeah. And then they're all over these umps, and the umps are like eighteen year old kids a lot of times. Yeah, they're like seniors that are like <laughs> <Right>. just, <laughs> they're seniors, and they don't even want to be there, and they're just doing it. And, the, and you know they go nuts. Man, well, yeah. I have a parent. This is the first year. So this is the first year they asked me because with my schedule, I'm touring all over. I can't coach my daughter's fifth grade basketball team, but I could assistant coach. Okay. Right. So I could be like. Second, if you need, I show Which up. Which is why I'm guaranteeing that she plays. Yeah, and, and it's also like daddy can't make it. Daddy's tired, right, and, right. and I'm off the hook. I don't look like a horrible father. But some of these, like the parents, will be like, "How come, you know, how come she's on a team, and how come like he's not on a team?" And it's just like, dude, she sucks. Like she's not. <laughs> no. and she's fat. She's, she can't run. She can't run. Like I'm doing the best I can for your kid. Right. And then they're like, "All right, that's why he's the assistant." <laughs> Right, he's not lying. You get a lot of that. Oh, you get parents that think their kids are going to go to Division One, and it's like they can't dribble the basketball. Oh, I, I've told them this story too many times, so I apologize for telling it again. We ran and started a downtown youth travel sports league, and I have John Frank, a lot of actual pros teaching the kids. And it's really precocious kid, not the kid's fault, maybe 10, 11 years old, goes up to John Frank and goes, Mr. Franco, my dad asked me to tell you not to mess with my mechanics. Wow. And he wow. goes, how many games of the pros did your dad save? None get out. Wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, great. So you're a Yankee fan. Yankee, Knicks, Giants, and I'm not really, I never really, for Hockey, some reason. right? Yeah. It wasn't big in Westchester. It wasn't big, because growing up, it was like the early 90s coming up, and it was just Yankees, Knicks. I am a delusional 
lunatic Nick fan to the point where everybody was coming. Right? LeBron was coming. Convinced. Right. Yep. I was one of those. He's coming. Why would he go to Westchester? He's coming. I know right. for a fact. I know for a fact. You know, have people come I over. I got a guy. Oh, let's get some pizzas. He's coming. <laughs> it's going to be, an, you know. Yeah. I, I, they said Steph Curry was at JFK. I go, he's coming. <laughs> so it was, it was going to his sister's wedding. I go, no, he's coming. He's having a meeting. There's things we don't know. There's always somebody coming to the Knicks. It's, it's actually, I'm, I've learned to stop. Here's what I think. And I know your listeners, some people aren't going to like this. Yeah. You might not like this. This is what I really believe. Okay. Met fans. Nick fans and Jet fans just have to stop until you win one. You got to win one. It's yes. getting nuts to talk. Look, he's, I know he just, I saw in his face. <laughs> what? What? I'm listening. No, no, he went from enjoying me to yeah. then when he said he's like, the kid's not coming back. Well, I just saw it. Why do you have to stick Met fans with Nick fans? <laughs> because we have Yuck. that. Because I heard you guys when you made all these deals, Correa. Oh, this is, I'll tell you, this is, I going out. This is it. We did it. We did it. I swear to God, time to rejoice. You see all those tweets? Best 17 days of his life. <laughs> yeah, time to rejoice. Spring training. The guy rips Achilles. And you guys are like, yeah, you know, it's and it's not Dolan, and I don't think it's, um, it's it, I don't think it's as much Dolan as people think. Well, just you imagine know? you get the stars and then you win nothing because right. that happens to some people, you it know. Does. It does. You get all the guys you fantasize about and then you win one bleeping round. He's a Nets fan. Yeah, <laughs> but everybody, <laughs> everybody in this town blames Dolan. Yeah, and it's like if if you know, oh, John Morant's a free agent, right? Let's just say, and he doesn't. Everyone's right. gonna go, oh, it's, oh, just because, it's, it's like it's not Dolan. Some, I mean, I'm sure sometimes it is, yeah. but not always. I don't think it's you, Dolan's not performing on the. On it's the a court. combination we of things. He's for, one of the reasons, but it's not everything, right? When you I, draft right. poorly, that's not him. But they've drafted poorly for a decade. Let's yeah. be honest. So yeah. the other part of it is that we have thought uh, incorrectly for a long time that the building alone was going to bring free agents here, and there may have been a point 20 years ago when the building itself probably helped. But yeah. I mean, name a great big play, whether it's Durant, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's no, LeBron. No, but go back. Like, who, they're this, not coming because of the building, this, and they love the building. This past yeah. summer, Donovan Mitchell wanted to be here, right? And yeah. the Knicks didn't trade for him. The Knicks could have drafted him seven years ago. I know they took Frank Nilakina instead of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, so yeah. sometimes it's just gross incompetence. Uh, that's horrible. Oh, uh, yeah. that just got me. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, there is uh, bad news. I have to report to you. If you are a New York Mets fan, this is a uh, breaking news. Uh, the uh, there's an apparent rift. Uh, I'm just reading this right off the wire. You can see right here. Uh, an apparent rift between Jeff McNeil, who just signed a four-year, $60 million extension, and, of course, the $300 million man, Francisco Lindor. Evan, you'll have to update me on this, but you may remember that uh, Francisco Lindor made a promise to Jeff McNeil this past year, if he won the batting title, I think it is, that he would buy him a car. Is yes, that correct? this was also months after, I think, Francisco Lindor threw Jeff McNeil up against the wall and choked him. Yeah, well, yes, sometimes so the guy you fight becomes your best friend. Sometimes. Yonkers. I mean, that's what happens. That's the story everyone knows. Uh, not so much in your show. We, we, um, that was a different story for another day. But apparently, uh, Jeff McNeil has signed the contract, and Lindor told him you have enough money to buy your own car now uh, and has still not bought him the car. Problems. And the season hasn't begun yet. Your thoughts Good. here at MetFam? Good. I like the feistiness. You, <laughs> this is our you. year, baby. It is I'm killing you. Look at you. You're like, you're turning red. You're so upset with this right now. They better learn to love each other. By They're way, signed for the next half a decade I mean, to play next to each other. They what kind of car it had to be. And I know Lindor joked last year, like, uh, maybe I'll get him an Elantra. 
right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, I drive for a Well, and also, drive. Jeff McNeil yeah. is making $7.5 million, yeah. which is amazing, right? Yeah. I take it, you take it. 7.5? 7.5. I thought he just got four years and 16 7.5 this year, oh, 11.5 next year, All right. and then it's $16 million oh. for the next couple of years. Got it. Do the math, it adds up to 50. Lindor's making $33 million. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you gotta can't buy him a freaking Rolls you Royce. Gotta, my friend, the minute that happened, my friend would be at the dealership. 100%. You gotta get it quick. Yeah, quick. like, listen, if and it's not like you don't have the money. Yeah. You got 300 milli coming your way, locked in, guaranteed, whether you bet 180 or 350. And if you publicly make a spectacle of, I'm going, it's like when Boomer promised me the Samsungs and I don't got them. Right. And now he's like, oh, now I'm not getting him the TVs because he's being mean to me. No, no. You said you were getting me the yeah, And the salaries yeah. kind of fit the proportion of Lindor to McNeil. No, I think a lot Lindor, more Boomer, McNeil, you. Uh, yes. No? Boomer gets the 70 inch, I get the 32. That, that's exactly <laughs> right. But conversely, in sex, I'm much bigger. That being said, though, like, he's got to buy McNeil the car. He will. Right? He will. Well, you say he will, but, like, we're waiting. Yeah, Where's what's the, the time car? limit on that? Yeah. Spring training. He shows up in Port St. Lucie, okay. Florida okay. with a beautiful new car. If it doesn't happen by the time yeah. they report, yeah. we got to rip Lindor a little bit. I, right, I, right. I, I yeah. accept that. That's fair, right? First day, show up, bow Bang. on the car, nice bow. Yeah, yep. and you convertible, the whole yeah. thing. Like, don't chintz out, right? I agree. So who's your, don't say Aaron Judge, like growing up, who was your Yankee guy? Like, who did you uh, did, rock out to? What changed everything for me was Donnie oh, Baseball. Man. Oh, look at that! <laughs> Donnie, Donnie Baseball. Donnie Baseball was everything. I walked yeah. in that thing, and I, you know, and it was not open. Now, you know, it was yeah. the cement uh, wall. You walk through, it opens up to grass, and twenty three was everything. It was everything. It's so funny that generation, like Brandon Tierney, like uh, no joke, uh, Mattingly walks on water. Oh, dude, he's everything. Yeah. I see pictures of him now, and I, I kind of get the chills. It's weird. There's something about him, dude, that, like, is Yankees. It's, it's unbelievable. That mustache turns you on, I know. It's, well, something does. But you're not one of these, <laughs> you're not one of these guys that, like, uh, like, you don't have, uh, you and your wife don't have that agreement, like, a certain celebrity, like, you get a pass with, and yours is Mattingly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny she's like hey i'm jason momo whatever and then i'm just like oh dude donnie baseball comes by you know <laughs> what if hers was mattingly you'd have to let that one slide I right let that go <laughs> no he'd ask can i jump in that's what he'd be saying <laughs> now nah, he'd be like i'm watching <laughs> he's got a good stick he's got to have his uniform on exactly. yeah exactly right <laughs> all right so paul's gonna be uh headlining shows at gotham uh, yes. Thursday and Friday, so I assume two shows both nights? No, we're doing uh, one How show doing Thursday, okay. and we're doing a 7.30 and a 10 Friday. Got and it. I, yeah, tickets are going, and everybody that saw my uh, Netflix special, Nocturnal Emissions, I'm doing a whole new hour. It's a completely new hour from the special that's available now, and uh, yeah, I started the tour last week in Toronto, and I'm having such a good time. Is, so come I out. always wonder, like, uh, having become friendly with a lot of guys that do what you do, and I've, mm -hmm. it's, it's for people who don't get the discipline of being a stand-up comic is unlike Anything else. You can be funny on the radio. You can be funny on TV. And that's significantly different than being on radio. But being on a stage in front of people where they've paid good money to laugh. Mm -hmm. And your job is make them laugh. I don't think people recognize. Not blowing smoke up your ass. No, I like, like I, I love watching it because I know as much as uh, people think I may be entertaining or funny or whatever it is. Doing it on stage in front of people 
is a whole different animal, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me the ability to do that. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, I've been doing it a long time, so but I look at like you guys coming in here doing that. It's different. It's, it's, it's like it's insane to me that you guys can just keep it at that level. Talk about sport. I mean, it's a little lunacy that you guys are that that you care the way you do. But it's incredible. Three more him. I, yeah, he doesn't I, give I a rat's ass. For my sports <laughs> yeah, they, told me, they told me in the booth over there. They're like, he does the. You mark the games even at home. Oh yeah, I score games. Yes. Yeah, that I'm crazy. Was, He's what, actually writing a book. It comes out next year. He that's took right. His Fifty uh, most memorable <laughs> games that he scored, whether it was at home or at the game, and a little vignette about what was going that's on right. in his life. Dude, that's wild. I'm insane. <laughs> You're married. Yes. And two <laughs> kids. Stunningly, I know. No, no, I didn't mean it like that. No, I, I know what you like, meant. I meant. How like, the hell did he get married? No, no, but I'm, say, I'm saying, like, when you, when you mark them down, yeah. darling, your wife is just, she's just, it's all. Third listen. date. Third date we ever went on, took her to a Met game and said, listen, here's what I do. This Explained is... it right out of the gate. See, what he just said is why I'm, I'm not divorced. Yeah. Because I told my wife we're sitting at a diner. I'm doing competitions. I'm getting up anywhere. I, I'm standing on Coca-Cola crates in bars yeah. in Jersey. Nightmare gigs. Nightmare gigs. And I sat down and I told my wife, I said, look, you're beautiful. She's great. Graduated. High grades. Could have went to any school. She went to Rutgers, but she went to any school yeah. in the country. Be with a doctor. Be with a lawyer. And I said, I'm doing this. So I said, I could be well off in my 30s or 40s, or I could be broken. My but you need to talk to whoever you need to talk to. You need to talk to everybody. If this is what I'm going to do. And she talked to her mother, and her mother was like, absolutely not. The <laughs> Get out. Her mother was like, you are not. That's a hard life. You're not going to do it. <laughs> Look at me now, Kim. Look at me now. Yeah, I'm not I'm on that... the fan, Kim. Yeah, I ain't on no cruise ship. I'll be at Gotham this weekend, Kim. <laughs> Did you ever do the cruise ship gigs or no? No. No. Did they, you get close? They, they, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they wanted. They said, you know what they said? They said send a clean tape. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> hey, we need a, we need a clean twelve. I was like, I'm not your guy. I, I was wondering this, like when you come up with this, uh, when you come up, let's say a great out, right? Yeah. Uh, and you do it, and you eventually play it out, right? Yeah. Uh, how? Like I was thought, any like you wrote a great hour. The second hour you got to write, how much more difficult is that than the first one? What's scary is after you put it out, right? Like after it came out on Netflix and then I go out to the clubs, I don't want to ever do those jokes. So to me, like I until the special comes out, I will a little bit, but the whole goal is to just get rid of the so jokes. So once it's televised, it's dead to you, yeah? I, and I, it's not in my heart anymore either. Okay. And the crowd sees it. So when I go into a story or I go into a bit and I'm really telling it, you could feel my, you could feel it. Right. When it's not there... They could feel it. So, too. like, you couldn't go this Thursday, Gotham, and go, hey, who's vaccinated? You right. know? <laughs> <laughs> Where are the masks? Yeah, like, <laughs> Omicron's crazy. Like, and they'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Good to see everybody out of the house. <laughs> yeah, because I, so similar musicians, like, you know, a lot of guys become slaves to the success. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't want to do the bit that may have made you famous. Or that Netflix bought on, right? Right. And yet there's an expectation, oh, I can't wait for him to do that. And you got to avoid that because you're done with it. Yeah, I was in Toronto over the, I was in Toronto over the weekend and I told a story on Joe Rogan's podcast how my dad saw, my, my parents saw, and this is documented, government documented, in 1973, there was a UFO over Yonkers, Bronx area. Okay. And it was documented and it's a real thing. All right. And my dad is like this Italian Dude, man. Right. He was like, there's a flying saucer. Like, was, he talks like that. So I told the story on Rogan, and a guy in the front row, I swear to God, it never happened before. A guy in the front row in Toronto has his hand up like he's in school. Huh. And he just goes, Paul, man, big fan, big fan. I go, I just, I go, what's up? He goes, I got a request. And he goes, can you just talk about your dad seeing the alien? That's all. <laughs>
And he just goes, that, that's all. And he put his hands up. <laughs> I got it. And I go, yeah. And I just go, I go, all right, dude, just give me a second. And I, and I do it for a little bit. And then right. finally I just go in and I was like, all right, but you know, that's a, it was a true story. So sometimes people will hear on a podcast or they'll hear me, yeah, you know. Yeah. And they want you to read. And, and they're like, hey man, that thing, that thing that you did, you know. And sometimes I don't want to because it's not there the way you could really give it. Right. But then sometimes I'm like, you know, if I'm in a good mood, I already did an hour. I'm like, you know what? Like, they, they give can't, him a bonus. They, I'll give him one. Plus, the guy was yeah. so nice and innocent. You got to so give him nice. what he wants. He like, raised his hand. He's like, I brought my wife. If you could please tell the story. He paid for <laughs> right. a ticket. You Did know? we uh, cash all the checks? We're good? Yeah, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, you, get, you get a bonus five minutes. Yeah. Uh, Netflix these days. Like, uh, is that, you know, the old, like, hey, if you uh, kill on Johnny Carson, yo, overnight you became an instant success. Like, if you have a, a Netflix special that does well, is that like, okay, you've made it, now you can... People people kind of looked at me that way, even though I didn't feel that way. You know, we had other people interested. To be honest with you, when I did the special, Netflix, I did the special, the special was done, COVID was still lingering. And Netflix was, to be honest, I'll be honest, I could, I could, yeah, I'll say it. I don't care. They, they, I never got paid. Yeah. Um, Netflix was like, we like Paul. There's a lot of competition out there. And that's when I was like, Aww. that was basically whatever. And then Netflix saw my special and they were like, the special belongs here. And then it went on there and it released in the summer and then it was globally trending and it did well. So that made me feel good because I knew, but the way people treated me after was like, I was like, I've been here, I've, I've been, you know, <laughs> feel like I'm doing okay. But when people see that Netflix thing, because you're next to Chappelle, or you're next to right. Burr, or you're next to Louis, all these people, then they put you it there. It legitimizes you, even though you were saying the same funny jokes before. Right, and they don't even care. I could be like, well, wait a minute, HBO was kind of interesting. They don't, they're like, they don't, it's like, it's like, people would, this is what annoyed me. People would hit me up and go, hey man, you're as funny as those Netflix guys. <laughs> and I'm so nuts with people going at me that yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I know I am. And I should, like, I would write back. Right. You know, but no, I, I just was like, I just kept my head down. And I remember my wife going, it'll work out. And Netflix saw it. Uh, shout out to Netflix, Robbie Pro. They were like, it belongs here. And they put it on. And, and it's it's been, it's really been amazing. Like, you know, people come out to shows, selling more tickets. Yeah. You know, New York, like I'm going to be at Gotham Thursday, Friday. The amount of people reaching out going, I can't wait to see you. This is the first time headlining in New yeah. York since the pandemic. Really? Since the pandemic, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's good. It's going to sell out if it hasn't already. So make sure you go on uh, GothamComedyClub.com. And to check it out, Thursday, one show, and then Friday, you got the two shows. Uh, listen, I've been very close to the Mazzillis in Gotham. Uh, they're like family to me, so it's the best place. The best. And, you know, there aren't a lot of places left anymore, as you know, in New York City. So if you're looking for a good night out and a bunch of laughs and a good time, uh, go to Gotham uh, to see Paul Thursday and or Friday. And if you can't get him this time around, by all means, get him next time around. I love seeing guys like you succeed. It makes oh, me happy. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, it's funny. Back in the day, like I always said, radio guys... Very few radio guys could have comedians on it. It'd be really good. Opie and Anthony were the best at it. Uh, them and Stern. I never heard hosts have comedians on as guests as successfully as those guys did. And I, I, I give them credit because they were brilliant at it. Because a lot of times, the host doesn't know what to say to a comedian. And they just can't talk to him. Or the flip side is, a lot of comedians would be like, Hey, listen, uh, when I come in, do me a favor. Ask me about bicycles. You know, like, because yes. yes. they got a bit on they bicycles. They want a setup, yeah. And they're not funny if not doing their planned routine. Yeah. So for years, I was like, I'm not bringing comedians on the show because I don't know them. As I became friendly with guys, it makes yeah. it a lot easier because 
Now you can just BS and it's just yeah. naturally funny. Well, the way you did it, you did you guys do it right. Like a lot of these radios, they're like, no one's coming. I do it. I do it on the road, and we go. And no one's coming into my studio and going to oh. be funnier and steal the show. And it's like you're a you're a dummy, you're <laughs> right. a selfish Stupid. dummy. It's yeah. going to be for your show and your and all the all the markets in the country that have the comedians come in and have a good time. It just work. It's like it's the best. As a matter of fact, Aaron, I was just with Aaron Berg. He said to say hello. That's the best. Because I was I was uh, I was doing Jim and Sam this morning, and it's it's so. It's just a free, just talk. Like I love, when, I love when people are gonna see Aaron Berg and get so pissed they walk out oh, and yeah. start yelling at him. Not up in like maybe five. Do or they six not seven. know or have ever heard of him before? <laughs> yeah, what the awesome. hell do you think's oh, gonna happen? That's my guy. He's great. He's uh, like the best, uh, like hype man, dude. When he bring, he brought me up at the stand once. I can't say on on your airwaves what how he brought me up. Yeah, but he <laughs> says the most. <laughs> he looked at this table of these two women, and he's like, "These whores, what are you? These whores." Anyway, you guys ready to laugh? And I'm like, "Dude, what are you?" Yeah, the left side of the room likes it. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> he's like, "Look at this fat drunk chick." You guys ready for Paul? And I'm like, "Dude, can you can you set the table?" Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do this uh, while you're here. Uh, should I do the letter? Or the secret admirer thing. What do you want to do, Tommy? Your call. Let's do the box. All right, so uh, I got a box here. Hold on one second. It's got a and lot of tape on it, so you may need a scissor. I'll get it open. No way. So really? it just says to Craig from a secret admirer, and they told me that it's been checked out, and uh, I'm good to open it. Is at least what uh, He can't Tommy open it. His said. hands are too dainty. Watch him struggle. <laughs> dainty my ass. I built the chicken oh, he's coop with try these a two pen. hands. He's going to try a pen. Oh, yeah, that worked, actually. I got it. I got it. All okay, right, my so bad. Hold on a second. You're so negative. Well, your hands You're are very attacking me. I'm looking out for you. You're you got a, dainty hands. You're not a good partner. You're I just don't want them me. to get ruined. You're on Marshan's payroll. <laughs> Stop. Over there. Evan called up Andrew Marshan and said, I'm the show. <laughs> oh, and what do you have now? Scissors. I told you. <laughs> I got scissors now. And we're on TV, so you can't blame me for blowing the secret. Uh, there's no secret. You uh, needed scissors to open the box like I warned you. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, what do you got? All uh, right, from a secret admirer. I got Mike and Ike's. <laughs> I mean, uh, I got uh, all right, grape double bubble. That's a lot of candy. All right, I've got the greatest grape soda. Well, somebody really likes me. I got Twix. Ooh, Twix yeah, bar. That's for you. You know, nice. Uh, all Thank right, you. so M and M's. Uh, hold on, <laughs> and I got a frame. Uh, the George could stand. <laughs> like, what? Are, is this from Seinfeld? Did he send me this? I haven't talked to him in a couple years either. Uh, he's big timing me now. Uh, who's it from? I have oh, no idea. On. It's no fun. It's just a, a box of candy, ring pops. That's how I proposed, by the way, at a <laughs> casino in Denver, Colorado. I proposed with a ring pop. No. And she said, yes. True story, yeah. Oh, I should have known then that I was going to become a compulsive gambler. Um, all right, great. That was fun. You have a secret admirer. I have no idea who it is. Oh, but come on, man. You no, really I don't, don't know I, who I gave have no box? idea. Come it was, on. It was, was mailed a waste to me. Of everybody's time opening a box of candy. I could have done that at home. <laughs> did you really propose with that? I did. All right. Can yeah. I just? Can I tell you? you now, have... real quick. There's a casino in the mountains of Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. I forget the name top of my head, like whatever it's called, but it's the max bet is like two dollars. Yeah. Uh, and I convinced her that we were there as guests of the guests of the casino and this and that. And we had to go meet the GM to thank him for the free dinner and all that crap. And we went into a room and, you know, I turned around. I had a proposal with a ring pop. She's like, go after yourself. <laughs> so I got, can I just tell you a yeah, quick one? All right. So this is, this is true. You're going to, you're going to love this especially. Yeah. So um, in White Plains at a restaurant. I got a rock and like you know I saved a lot like it's a nice crack? rock. I got yeah crack. Oh, rock. I'm sorry, you know, I'm we're sorry. gonna smoke crack I first. I thought you know, early in your early no, in your career. No, so so 
I have it wrapped up in my sock, and it's expensive, and I don't know when to do it. And I'm yeah. sitting there, and I'm going, when am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? It's this Italian restaurant. In the corner of the restaurant, when you brought that up, I was like, my wife would kill me for not saying this on this show. There's highlights, baseball highlights, ESPN. And it was, if you, I'm sure you guys remember, there was a, remember Sean Green? Yeah. yeah. He hit four home runs in one game. Dodgers, and played for the Mets and yeah. Blue Jays. Yeah. Remember the game? He hit four yes. home runs in yeah. one game. And I don't know what to do. And I'm a wreck. I'm a wreck. I'm sweating. I go, I got to yeah. go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom to regroup. I'm like, it, I was thinking of such dumps. I was like, maybe I'll put it in a bread basket. But then, I'm, then I saw the little guys working and I'm like, what if they take it? You know, and I'm like, I can't don't do that. Don't take that bread. Yeah, yeah. So I'm freaking out. So I don't know what to do. And, and I'm looking at her. I'm fidgeting. And, she, and all of a sudden I look up and I just go, hey, babe, this guy on the Dodgers just hit four. I, I was just babbling. I go, this guy on the Dodgers just hit four home runs in one game. And I'm just, I don't know what to do, but you know when the clock's yeah, ticking? Yeah. She goes, oh, that's awesome. I swear to you, hand to God, I go, not as awesome as this. And I put it in the middle of the table, and I leaned back. And she just goes, are you serious? Not as awesome as this? It was so horrible. I was beat red. And I, every time I think of the Dodgers or Sean, and every, she goes, every time a story comes up with friends, she right. goes, oh, Paul, why don't you tell my proposal story? <laughs> yeah, it's a baseball story. Not as awesome as this. That's a true story. You're forever linked with Sean Green. I'm, so, I'm forever linked with it. Not as awesome as this. And then she actually goes, you know you got to get on a knee. And I'm right. like, I, I know. It was, it was horrific. It was horrific. Uh, I, love you, I bet you that phone call home wasn't, wasn't great. So how did he do it? Yeah, she, she called my mom. We're engaged. She goes, well, we were I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, Paul Verzi. Uh, you can see Paul headlining shows at Gotham uh, this Thursday, and there's two shows on Friday. I'm happy for you. Thank you for doing the kind really of the appreciate you guys, best. man. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank man. you, man. Yeah, yeah, thank thank you. You. Check him out, and uh, you can Google him and see uh, all the specials and all the videos. They're very, very funny. And he'll again be at uh, Gotham Thursday and Friday. Go to GothamComedyClub.com.